Good morning, castaways, and welcome to Twists and Torches. My name is Cameron, and I'm your host. And today, we're going to be talking about the next installment in my attempt to objectively rank the top 50 Survivor players of all time. Now, so far, we've had some some ups and downs, you know, some surprises, some fun surprises, some that are, are less fun, but at the same time, interesting. We've had some placements surprise. Some folks like Richard Hatch, maybe lower than people expected. Maybe people think he's going to be higher, but hey, uh, things change all the time. But here we are. Uh, this is actually for what's going to be 30 through 21. So this is really what separates the good players, the great players, excuse me, top 50 still, from the top tier players. Who's going to crack that top 25? That's what I'm interested to find out here. Now, this episode is going to be very winner heavy. So I'm going to give another spoiler warning. Uh, eight out of the 10 in this grouping are actually winners of the show at some point. And that is sort of going to be the case for the end as well. I mean, naturally winning the game is a big boost in your direction and being a great player. Um, out of the top 30, it's something like 23 or 24 of them are winners at some point. But obviously all winners is very boring. Uh, so there, and you know, not that I selected it, but it would have been quite boring if it turned out to be all winners. I might have had to adjust the parameters there to weight the win slightly less. But at the same time, it's interesting to see who sneaks in there. And we actually have a non-winner in the top 10, if if I'm not mistaken. So that should be exciting when we get there. Uh, two, actually, two non-winners in the top 10. So yeah, you can guess who that is. Uh, but for now, we're doing number 30 through 21. Should be very exciting. Like I said, a lot of winners. So spoiler warning for uh, the whole series. If you um... And also at the end, I might talk a little bit about the snubs because now that we're at the top 20, um, there are some folks who are not represented in the first 30 who are not going to show up on the list. Um, and it won't be too big of a surprise because many people wouldn't be expecting them in the top 20. Maybe there's one that I'm thinking of that maybe people would think might have been there, but um, not the case. So I will talk a little bit about some of like the legend, really legendary players that just didn't make the cut for one reason or another. Um, often multiple facets of their game were just too lackluster to qualify. Um, so here we go. Uh, starting off at number 30. And interestingly, the way this is ordered uh, just by chance and the parameters, the two non-winners are first on this list. And then we're going to have a uh, eight straight winners uh, afterward. And so let's kick it off with one of the original villains in Survivor. It's a very old school player and played all the way back in the first couple of seasons, returned twice. And uh, definitely there was mixed reactions to her uh, appearing on the show and then reappearing there there was a lot quite a bit of hate and uh, if she had played in the Twitter era I don't think she would ever have come back but luckily uh, Twitter was not a thing back in 2001 and so we were able to get Jerry Manthe back not just once but twice so Jerry Manthe coming in at number 30 this is a big surprise for me uh, I thought if she was going to make it it would be just barely scraping by but uh, here she is so I'm I'm pleasantly surprised um, I think that Jerry has a lot more to offer than meets the eye and I think that her game uh, while in Australian Outback was portrayed to be kind of one note um, I think her returns showed that she had a lot more to offer actually so let's go through it so of course on Australian Outback um, she did she did okay uh she was a it was a mid placement uh where she you know got a lot of hate she got some early votes early on she was part of the uh the minority alliance uh and when the tie broke with jeff varner being the one to go home uh her group was kind of on the bottom uh she couldn't it was it's really difficult to break into that kind of tina and colby grouping uh, especially uh singing fiona apple like that won't do you any favors uh she's very difficult to sing according to tina but jerry uh did play a, a, a half decent game uh physical wasn't really there so much um she did lose uh, her tribe lost a couple of challenges and she never was able to get a 
uh, individual immunity win, but she did vote for Tina at the end and made it all the way to day 27 in the jury, um, which was a, a pretty decent finish considering her alliance was on the bottom. She did get a lot of votes for her, which does not help her in this game, but this is by no means her best showing. It's it's really not even close. And even her All-Stars game, I would say, is actually a better representation of her. Um, she was actually in a decent position in All-Stars. Um, she was the victim of the famous Robin Lex deal where Lex was going to vote out Amber and keep Jerry, although Jerry was not his direct ally, but decided that it was time for Jerry to go. Um, through really no fault of her own, Lex was trying to position himself for the end game here. Um, him and Kathy didn't feel like they needed Jerry if they could link back up with Rob and Amber now. Um, I don't think they were counting on Rob having so many other strong allies and not needing Lex and Kathy, especially given their friendship outside. So Lex essentially made a fielder's choice here, and it was the wrong decision um, in the long run because Jerry probably would have been loyal to them, and it's possible that that All-Stars game would have shaken out differently if they could swing someone, if they have Jerry instead of Amber being there. Uh, Rob, of course, would have been out for revenge and would have been after Lex. But at the same time, uh, Jerry might also have gone a little bit further. There's plenty of one if, what ifs here. Um, and of course, it's really difficult to speculate. But Jerry really wasn't in that bad of a position here. Um, she got voted against by the minority alliance, including her old friend Colby, uh, in two tribal councils prior to her going home. Uh, but her group of allies kind of stayed strong. Uh, she received votes from Colby and Ethan when Colby went home and then Ethan afterwards. This is still in the anti-winners uh, and Colby was kind of lumped in with that uh, coalition during All-Stars. Um, she really was one of the first people to go out that wasn't like a huge, massive threat. Um, so All-Stars was kind of, you know, people purposely went after the people who had won, the runner-ups who almost won, and people like Rudy and Cesar Nino early. Jerry was really the first person that was like actual game strategy, which is which is interesting. Um, but she goes fairly far in All-Star. She was only uh, one or two votes away from making jury. And like I said, had the votes gone the other way and Kathy and Lex made a different decision, um, she could have been riding all the way to top six or five. It's entirely possible. And if her alliance won, she might have actually made final tribal, depending on how it went. So uh, hard to falter for that. Lastly, her heroes versus villains game, which is most certainly her best game statistically um, her tribe won quite a few uh, immunities early on she was part of many of those they had a lot of sit outs and jerry was very infrequently one of those so she was a big, big part of the tribal challenges she did get votes against her at that famous double idol tribal uh, where JT had given his idol away. Parvati played it for her and Sandra and Jerry was the one who actually received the votes. Um, not that it was any fault of her own, but it still does count um, that they were votes against her because they just, the heroes essentially tried to pick someone they didn't think they would play an idol on and Jerry was that target. Um, Jerry, of course, was kind of riding the middle in the pre-merge between the Boston Rob Alliance, although she did seem to be leaning that way. But once Tyson went home, then the numbers sort of seemed to be on Russell's side with coach and that's where she went uh, but she did play that pre-merge very well um, she voted for the most part pretty well um, the vote against Parvati she cast was canceled at that Tyson votes himself out tribal she did vote out her ally Rob um, and then of course um, later would have those votes against her she did win one individual immunity her first ever on this season um, and ultimately went all the way to the final four where she received those three votes to go home uh, Jerry played a, a good game. And in fact, that maze that if you remember that maze final immunity was like so close between three people to win. Um, I want to say it was, uh, it was Russell who won at the end, uh, but Parvati and Jerry were right there. And like, had things gone a little bit differently, Jerry would have been in the final tribal. And if I'm not mistaken, several cast members said that she would have potentially received their votes had Sandra been voted out. Um, so Jerry was that close, really, to winning Heroes versus Villains, which is one of the more difficult seasons to win of all time. So she gets a lot of credit for this. She voted correctly most of the time. 
Um, very, very solid game in a very difficult season. So that's essentially why Jerry lands here. Um, without heroes versus villains, I don't think she'd be even close or in the conversation here. But um, ultimately, this very strong game is statistically enough to put her at, at number 30. And uh, I probably would put her considerably lower, um, maybe in the very low 40s. But, um, you know, uh, props to her. Uh, the, the numbers show that she's, and uh, everyone knows she's an absolute legend, one of the best three-season arcs between two players who played together three times with her and Colby. Um, just just incredible. So uh, glad to see Jerry on this list at, at any rate. All right, next up is our other non-winner. Um, a shout out to my good friend, AJ. Uh, this is one of his favorite players of all time and feels that he did deserve to win um, in his first season. Uh, this contestant played four times and is known as one of the greatest challenge beasts of all time. And it's hard to argue with that. Um, he has a an enormous number of challenge wins across this season. I believe it is a record in Cook Islands. He has 16 total challenge wins, um, five of them, of course, being individual immunities, um, and actually only received one vote against him that whole season and was one vote away from winning. So very, very close to a win there, um, about as close as you can be to winning um, that 4-3 vote until, of course, the famous tie in Ghost Island. So he was kind of in that distinction. He also has the distinction in Cook Islands of tying that record for five individual immunities immunities. Uh, although he did receive one vote against part of that, of course, was because he was immune for most of the pre-merge. Uh, only one time did he not win immunity during that time. And his tribe was fairly successful as well um, at the early game. He received that one vote, by the way, from Billy, uh, famous Billy, you know, the I found love in this game, Billy, back in uh, the second episode where Ozzy purposely threw a challenge to get rid of him. That's probably why he got his vote. And that's the only vote he got the whole season. So very impressive. Again, that I-2-4, just the underdog story playing from the bottom. And spoiler, we're going to revisit that again tonight. Um, just a good game all around. Incredible physical game. Uh, his social game, uh, we didn't get too much of it. Yule was really the one strategizing and wheeling and dealing. Ozzy was, you know, we were seeing a lot of gratuitous shots of him fishing of him chopping wood, of him dominating in the challenges. I mean, he's probably the strongest swimmer we've ever seen on the show. Um, I don't think we've had any professional swimmers. Uh, his voting record is good. I think for the most part, he voted correctly. I think he voted for Becky early on, but other than that, everything was solid. And got all the way to final tribal and lost by just one vote. Um, he managed to get four, but uh, couldn't really close the deal. Of course, his Micronesia game, uh, he was a big target coming in. Everybody knew, you know, it's it's Ozzy, right? He's this big threat. Everyone knew who he was. He only managed to win that one individual immunity. Um, and a lot of that was because of the way that, um, that the merge played out. Um, famously, he was blindsided in this in just a massacre of a vote. Um, he technically got a vote from uh, Johnny Fairplay in the first episode, but it was a, really a throwaway. It was nine to one because John can't vote for himself. He wanted to go home, so I actually discounted it in the in the vote in the the rankings because it's not relevant to. Um, and it, honestly, that could have been anyone that he voted for. It wasn't even a throwaway to like be neutral. It was literally, he knew he was going home nine to one and just picked someone. So uh, not, not relevant to the game. And if you think that's unfair, uh, yell at me. I, I don't care. Um, he received a couple votes at that Eliza Jason tribal. I think they might've been mad about the fake idol situation. He's kind of cocky and, and laughing about it. Eliza, of course, calls him out, and ultimately that partially leads to his downfall. Uh, he receives five votes at that next tribal, just absolutely blindsided. The Black Widow Brigade flipped the game. Mostly Natalie and, and Alexis flipped the game. I was looking like that. They had already talked a lot with Parvati and Sari and somewhat Amanda, um, but this was really when they said, hey, like, no, we're flipping the game. We don't want to just see uh, fans or Eliza go out one by one. Like we want to make a big change. Um, ultimately he voted for his love interest on the season, Amanda to win the game. And he was voted out fairly early, but at the same time, uh, he was, he played a very strong early game. Uh, his voting record was spot on. Um, and again, like I said, only received two votes in the pre-merge against him, uh, but not definitely not as strong as his cook islands game, uh, South Pacific. Uh, he was one challenge away essentially from winning. And although this is one of the sloppier games I've examined because most of the time people play fairly clean games and there's a distinct reason they're voted out. Um, Ozzy was actually, uh, contrary to, to what a lot of people think, just uh, Ozzy was not really the power player on his tribe. It was like a Keith Whitney and um, 
And I'm forgetting, oh, Jim, of course. Fan favorite, Jim Rice, right, Jeff? Uh, were really the power players. In fact, they voted out multiple of Ozzy's allies. He did vote against Semhar, uh, but he was blindsided with the Elise vote. And I guess Papa Bear was an ally of his as well. This was a very even season in terms of uh, challenge performance. Uh, Savai was a lot more, uh, you know, top heavy. They had like Ozzy and Keith who were very strong. And then some of the weaker players like Don and Cochran and Papa Bear. Um, whereas the... Um, uh, on the other on the other side, the Upolos, um, they had a fairly well-rounded uh, team of, of players. Um, so Ozzy actually asked to get voted out, and he receives all of the votes, five of them, uh, just before he is sent to redemption. He actually came up with this plan and decided, hey, I want these votes against me. Um, these do still count because he was actually voted out. I considered it, but um, that, that's like the first boot saying they want to get voted out, like Zane. Like, please vote me out. That's those still count. Um, so Ozzy actually gets voted out, goes to Redemption Island for one day, wins the challenge, and comes back in. Um, he lasts for two more times. Uh, he does win that individual immunity when he returns, um, and votes incorrect, uh, incorrectly, but it would have been correct, I guess, if it had worked out for Rick. But Cochran famously flips. Next tribal, he votes for Cochran, but he's not immune. And he gets almost all of the votes um, with the exception of, I believe Jim was the only one who didn't vote for him. Um, and so he goes right back to Redemption Island only three days later. He's then on Redemption Island. He continues to dominate. I think he won all but one of those duels where he came in second, unless I'm remembering incorrectly. He actually returns on day 36, wins that final duel, comes back in, wins individual immunity. Uh, votes incorrectly though. So his voting record was not very good on this season. Um, and then finally uh, is voted out when he loses that challenge to Sophie. Um, and depending on how it shakes out with who they vote out, um, I don't know if coach or Sophie goes there, but against Albert and either coach or Sophie, um, I think that Ozzy probably wins the game. He has his whole tribe and I have to imagine at least four of them, maybe not Cochran do vote for him to win just based on his story. It is kind of like the theme of the season as well with Redemption Island. Um, so it'd be difficult to say that he definitely wouldn't win against Sophie. It's probably a little bit closer than it is with coach. Um, but at the same time, you never know. Um, so again, he's very, very close to winning the game here and, um, just isn't unfortunately able to pull it out. So two close games that he was able to win his game changers game. There isn't a ton to talk about. His tribe is immune for like most of the game, um, until he votes correctly twice, um, at, at the pre-merge goes to the merge votes for Haley. Um, and then unfortunately is voted out, um, by, by a majority, including Debbie's two votes. So Debbie really wanted him gone. Apparently not a great game. Uh, and even in his final confessional, he he clearly says that he doesn't grasp what this game is about. And is still talking about being a provider and everything on season 34, of course, where everything was probably given to them in this kind of era. So, um, Aussie, I think fundamentally doesn't understand that that's what actually wins you the game of survivor. And as someone who went to a final tribal and was one vote away from winning, that's kind of surprising, but I, I don't really know what, what happens. He did vote for Brad to win. So he voted incorrectly there. Of course, don't count, count against him, but um, voted out on day 24 on this game. So there's not a ton to talk about here. Um, he didn't really do too much, but obviously his physical game is top tier. I believe he's the, he's the 100 in my parameters. He is the, um, the standard for, for physical competitors in terms of how well he performed in just about every challenge he played in. Um, his social game certainly leaves something to be desired. Um, and his strategic game, not always the best either. Um, but at the same time, some of his plans have worked out, um, throwing the challenge to get rid of Billy. If they're unorthodox, but they work Throwing the challenge to get rid of Billy. Um, although his tribe ended up splitting up, it worked out for him in the end. Cause he went pretty far. Um, and then of course his plan to send himself to redemption, to get rid of Christine, although Christine probably would have joined them. So socially he didn't grasp that, but at the same time, the strategy, I mean, it worked, I mean, for the purposes of what they wanted to do. Um, and even the fake idol, kind of an interesting move that actually kind of panned out in a funny way, but at the same time did kind of make them feel like they were safe for a moment. So that might've changed things up. I'm not sure, but um, not as bad as, as people say. So Ozzy coming in here at 29, I feel good about this. He's obviously a legend of the game. Um, and a, I would say a, a great, 
I'd say a great player. I'll, I'll say that. Not a good player, a great player. Not an amazing player, not a top-tier player, and shouldn't be in the top 25. But here at 29, I think, is, is perfectly reasonable, especially considering he was one vote away once and then one challenge away another time um, from being a two-time winner, really. So uh, Ozzy here at 29, happy with that. All right, next up, we're going to have a slew of winners. Some have played multiple times. Some have played only one time. So strap yourselves in, okay? We got eight consecutive winners here. We're going to talk about winning games. And obviously, these are, but who, which winners actually did enough to crack the top 25? Because three of them are, are going to be left out here. So we'll, we'll see. And let's get started with a, a fairly recent winner and someone from, uh, a season where he was certainly not the, the focus of the season um, because there were a lot of other things going on. They did have some big personalities out there, um, but there was also a major scandal that plagued the season. I'm talking, of course, about Tommy Sheehan from Island of the Idols, um, who, in my opinion, played one of the better uh, social butterfly games that we've seen in recent years. Um, certainly a far cry from a Machiavellian win. Um, he gave people his word and, and for the most part that we saw kept it. Um, he didn't really do a lot of backstabbing. His strategy was straightforward. He wanted to have allies. He wanted to be in a solid group and, and go to the end with that group and also having a chance to win against the people that he felt uh, did not play as good a game as him. And that's where he, he really succeeded. Um, his voting record is good, uh, except for a vote for Elaine and then one that got canceled for Karishma. Uh, all of the rest of his votes were spot on. And he really cleaned up at the jury. Um, he won in an eight, eight to two to nothing vote, a, a big jury there and won the vast majority of the jurors there. Um, of course, this season uh, has a cloud hanging over its head. I called it the worst season of all time, and I still maintain that. But that doesn't really take away from Tommy's game. Uh, his physical game is, is okay. He didn't win any individual immunity challenges, but his tribe was quite strong in the pre-merge. And a lot of that was partially due to him. He, he performed well in those challenges. I'm um, certainly the opposite of a liability there on that Vokai tribe. In the post-merge, um, he really focused on building relationships when a lot of people were focused on other things. Um, there were people who were championing social causes. There were people who, rightfully so, were focused on the incidents involving a certain contestant and the way that he was behaving himself. There were some people who were very focused on uh, I don't know what Nora was focused on. She's kind of uh, all over the place uh, or Dean, you know, being a, a misfit. Um, and Tommy and Lauren were really running the game for, for most of, of the game. Uh, ultimately, uh, Laura does go home in fire making, which opens the way for Tommy to get an easy win. Um, had she been there, it would have been quite a bit tighter. I think Lauren would have commanded significantly more votes than, uh, than Nora or Dean could. And, Dean play, of course, had kind of a late game push, but it definitely wasn't enough. And Tommy um, played the game that Gavin wished he had um, without, of course, that big interruption. Um, he did get two votes against him uh, at the Missy Tribal. Um, this wasn't, the, I believe this was the split one that was three to two but I may be wrong. Um, that was where, where Missy and Elizabeth uh, voted against it because Missy was going home. Uh, so, but really people wanted to work with him. Um, he didn't have any, any issues with anyone from what they saw showed us on the show. Um, there is a, a good degree of mystery behind this season because so much footage and so much time was taken up by what happened. Uh, he probably had less of a winner's edit in terms of screen time than a lot of people in this era. And also just the way he played the game. It was teaching time with Tom um, which is certainly, uh, you know, a, a kind of a memeable phrase, but at the same time, uh, he really did build relationships in a very cookie cutter way, but it actually worked. Um, his strength of cast is not very high. There were a lot of, uh, people on this season who were not high caliber players. Um, none of them obviously are on this list. Uh, but Tommy played a, a solid, well-rounded game, um, where he was just a couple votes from a perfect game, uh, which is, is nothing to scoff at. Um, considering the obstacles that he really had to run in. And there was a lot of twists on this season as well. There was kind of the trap one where there was like the wire with the, there was an idle nullifier to navigate. There was the advantages that people get coming back from the island with Rob and Sandra. There was the fact that they had to, you know, go to a different beach. And uh, there was 
a whole lot going on. And Tommy navigated that well and played really an old school social game in just a perfectly executed way. Um, so it, it makes total sense that he's here. A very good record, very little against him. Uh, the reason he's not higher is because he hasn't returned. So he hasn't shown us what he can do with a higher caliber cast or with a different set of circumstances. Um, but were he to return and do well, um, I think he would possibly move up on this list. So uh, I'm good with Tommy here um, sitting at, at 28. All right, next up, we have one of my personal favorite winners and someone who I honestly think is top 20. Um, I recognize there are weaknesses to his game, um, but I think that the story of the season is really his story. Um, as much as there are some other great characters, um, it's this individual navigating those characters in an effort to get to the end, filled with obstacles. Really, it was like Mission Impossible. Um, it, it was such a difficult path. And he made it happen by lying, by undercutting, by pitting people against each other. Um, and it's really one of the better games we saw in this era. Um, we start to get into a little bit more Machiavellian kind of in the middle teens, but this is still in kind of the classic era. Obviously it's post All-Stars, but I'm talking about Chris Doherty from Survivor Vanuatu, uh, the winner, of course. Um, Chris played uh, just a fantastic all-around game uh, where he was able to navigate an impossible situation, being down essentially six to one against an alliance, and that alliance being um, based on gender because of the way that the tribes were divided early on, where they picked off the three people that he knew. They came in six to four down. Uh, but while that was happening, while he was ingratiating himself in with them, um, and he was building relationships with Scout and with Twyla and with Eliza and Julie, um, and he was becoming a part of their camp life, even though he didn't know them early on in the game. Um, and so not only was he the last man standing, because that was kind of how it was framed. It's like, you know what? We like Chris. We want to keep Chris until the final seven, and then we can get rid of him. This, of course, does not work out because Chris manages to find enough cracks in this group of women. He lies just enough that it's believable that he gets them to turn on each other thinking, oh, he's only one. You know, we can get rid of him at any time. But I think that Amy is a bigger threat. I think Leanne is a big threat. I think I, I want to get rid of Eliza. I'm sick of Eliza. Julie is a little bit scary to me. And he, he manages to prey on these weaknesses and insecurities in just such a masterful way. Um, that's just, it's really hasn't been matched to this day. Um, there's been a lot of times where, uh, people have tried this approach, but it's it's transparent because Chris is so he tells a good lie, as Sandra would say, and he tells something believable. Uh, he tells people, you're my number one right to their face. And that that could come back to bite you in the end. It could. And it nearly did. At Final Tribal, a lot of the questions from some of these women were directed at Chris and specifically about this subject. I will say for him, uh, his physical game is kind of up and down. Uh, he did cost the, the men the first challenge and actually received his only three votes of the season because of it. Uh, he, he was in kind of the older men's alliance who won out over the younger men. Um, and he did okay in voting early on. And then his tribe actually went, uh, it was four to three. So it wasn't that terrible. Uh, they actually voted out some of those younger men. Um, and ultimately he went into the merge with his three allies, um, from from the, his first tribe, um, but it didn't really work out. Uh, they were thinking, oh, we can pull someone, we can find someone. Eliza was the natural target because she was kind of on the outs of her tribe, um, but they were unsuccessful to break that for several tribals. Um, and then Chris really kicks it into gear. And there was, of course, that Leanne tribal. He does vote incorrectly a few times here. I don't think he wanted to vote against his allies, um, but that's just kind of how the cookie crumbled in these early seasons. It wasn't really held against you if you voted loyally. Um, you didn't get a lot of seven to one votes, for example. He does vote incorrectly for Eliza at a weird time. I don't know why he did that just prior to the Leanne tribal. Um, and then finally, he was able to vote Amy 
uh, followed by Julie, Eliza, and Scout until he gets to the end with Twyla, who was probably the most unlikable woman of the bunch of all six of them. Um, so he really, I think he knew what he was doing. He knew that Scout and Twyla were going to be his final three. He knew that Julie and Eliza were going to be a part of the final five. And then ultimately he would pick the one that he had a better chance of winning against, which was Scout and Twyla. Um, just a, a real cerebral game. And, and, you know, he's this guy with the ponytail and he's got the cutoff red shirt, you know, with the sleeves cut out. And he's this kind of rednecky kind of guy. Nobody expected it, uh, but he just really ran the gamut here. Um, good voting, decent voting record towards the end there. He got those three votes against. He actually won three individual immunities down the stretch, which did help him, but I don't think that he was going home anyhow. Maybe if like Twilight won, she would have taken Scout at the end. But um, in terms of the top at six and four where he won those pretty key immunities uh six i say i would say is pretty key but i think amy was going home anyhow he was able to uh use those immunities as leverage to get the vote he won ultimately uh he wins five to two over twi over twyla um surprised that twyla got more than one vote i think she was probably always getting scouts vote um but the fact that he was able to win five to two is, is no small feat um so just a masterful early game um that uh, i i we've kind of seen it since there have been some very like tyson and blood versus water was very chris-esque um but we've never really seen something exactly like this since when you're down six to one. Sure. Russell did like a, uh, what was it? Eight to four thing, but he had allies. Chris had nobody. Um, he had to break into those cracks himself and do all of the work. Um, it's very hard to hold anything against him in this season because he really, he really ran the table and I'm, I'm kind of disappointed he's this low, but I understand that not every facet of his game was, was that incredible. Um, and also only played one time. Unfortunately, we never got to see him back, but there's Chris happy. He made the list. One of my personal favorite winners um, and, and landing here at um, yeah. 27. All right. Coming in at number 26 is another one of my favorites for different reasons, of course. Um, and uh, I said we were going to talk about it, the I-24 again, uh, because here's another member. It's Mr. Yul Kwan himself, the winner of Survivor Cook Islands, who later competed on Winners at War. Uh, Yul played a really interesting game um, and used the idol in a way that we haven't seen since, partially because it was the super idol. Uh, but he really, uh, you know, forged his way forward while using the idol in a, in a smart and strategic way. Um, his big move, of course, was flipping Jonathan. He essentially threatened him. Uh, he was like, hey, man, like, listen, this thing can go off at any second. Look at this thing. Be my ally and it won't happen to you. Uh, in the early game, uh, he made fast friends. Uh, after that first tribe swap, he was his tribe was immune the first the first two puka puka, um, and then going into the, when they had the tribe swap, he made allies that were from the early starting tribes, um, including you know that I two I two four um, voted out his ally cowboy, uh, which is a shame because I, I really liked cowboy. Um, Planned voodoo, of course, is still used to this day. So shout out to the OG cowboy. Uh, they won a couple of immunities. There was the famous bottle twist where the other group had to vote two people out. And then we finally get to the merge where Nate goes home and Yule really just takes control of the game here. Although he received four votes, he managed to sway Jonathan. Um, and so they were able to go five to four and just essentially pick off the rest of them. Uh, Candace, uh, followed by Jonathan, I believe Parvati was immune there. And then he had promised Adam. And this is another move that um, is really defining for this game. In addition to the Jonathan one is he said, Adam, I will take you, you will get voted out last of the, of the opposite alliance. Um, this is a pagonging, which again, we don't see too often, but this was a pretty standard practice at the time of just kind of these four running the table. And he kept his word, uh, essentially. He voted out Adam last, and even though Adam voted for him there, so he gets a total of five votes throughout the game, uh, still uh, got his jury vote at the end. Uh, and that was enough to beat Ozzy. It was five to four. So um, yeah, very uh, very hard to, to top that. Uh, just some really cerebral and strategic moves there down the stretch. Um, and he, he manages to get five of those of those jury votes. Um, interestingly, he doesn't get his original tribe member Becky's vote. She does vote for Ozzy, but he gets Jonathan's vote um, as well as uh, Adams, who he promised uh, promised to. But his voting record's pretty good um, for the most part. He gets it right um, for most of the. Actually, I don't think he voted wrong once. Very impressive there as well. 
course, he is the sole survivor. Although he barely won, uh, essentially, like I discussed, Ozzy was one vote away. Um, he did manage to. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a fi- this was the final three. I'm still in old school era. Um, Becky couldn't vote because she was sitting next to him and got no votes after that embarrassing fire making. Um, but uh, regardless, um, it, it was a, it was a good game, a good solid game. Um, his physical game was fine. Uh, he probably would have won at least a couple of immunities. I think he was second or third to Ozzy or Adam a few times, but uh, he played against, again, the best tribe, the best physical competitor the game's ever seen. So it's really hard to gauge there, but he was in there in some of the challenges. Um, so that's his Cook Islands game again. That's most of this. His winners at war game was not super special. Um, he did go to a few tribals and voted correctly before ultimately he was voted out by the um, Michelle Wendell Alliance when they pulled in Nick just before, you know, it started. This was when um, everything just went to hell and we started getting legend after legend go home. It was like Parv, Sandra, uh, Rob and Jewel, like all in a row. It was disastrous to the fan base, but um, good for the game, I think, ultimately. Uh, so he voted incorrectly there. Of course, he was then on the edge, uh, where he, uh, was hopefully a fun presence and it was nice to see him with his family during the family visit. Um, so not too much to write about there, but it's hard to count winners at war against anyone just because the caliber of players is so high. Um, and he was really at a disadvantage, especially when the old schoolers started going out and he was one of the only few left, but, uh, I think he had a shot. If he had survived a little bit further, maybe he he could have done done better. But lots of twists on that season as well. Um, so I don't I don't blame him all that much. He did vote for Tony as well, which was the correct vote uh, at the end. So uh, happy to see Yule here. Uh, doesn't quite crack top twenty five, um, but at the same time, uh, he's on the list, and that in itself is is an accomplishment. So uh, kudos to Yule. Uh, I doubt we'll ever see him again on our screens, but we got to see him one more time, and that's that's an absolute plus for me. All right, finally, what everybody's been waiting for. Here we are in the top half of this week's episode. And now we're into the top 25. This is really just the best of the best. To be a top 25 survivor player of like 800 players is exceedingly difficult. It's not guaranteed if you win the game. It's not even guaranteed if you win the game well. Yule and Chris and Tommy won the game well, and they just just not enough well-roundedness in their game to crack this list but you know who you know who is well-rounded and frankly one of the most well-rounded players and winners i think subjectively that i know is season three's winner africa's ethan zahn um played a fantastic bang-up game in africa um that's that was hard to match i don't think anyone really got close to it uh, until chris really. Um, and then of course, Tom immediately following. So that was also a a fantastic game. Um, but Ethan here, uh, he gets zero votes against him the entire time and won in a five to two vote to become the sole survivor. Um, that is very impressive, especially this early in the game. He's this likable kid from Massachusetts, um, finds himself in a really a power Alliance. And one of the only men's power Alliance we've ever really had with more than two people, uh, with Lex and Tom, they had some, uh, kind of other tangential allies as well. Uh, but he, unlike Lex and sort of unlike Tom, he got along really well with the other side. Um, he got along with Kim. He got along with T-Bird. Um, there was some contention Lex tending to be a bit of a hothead at times. I discussed him on a previous episode, um, where Ethan was really the calm to Lex's fire, the, the water to his fire or the ice to his fire, if you will. Um, but he was just a likable kid. He, he, his physical game was very good. His tribe went three and three, which is decent. Um, but he did win a single individual immunity, which is good. His voting record, very solid. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he was correct on every single vote, except for the last one. Obviously, uh, he could not, um, could not vote because he did not win the final immunity. And, uh, he was so likable that the person that took him basically handed him a million dollar check. Um, which you'd think would count against him, but actually it's kind of like JT where people were rooting for him. It doesn't, it sure it makes his game easier, but also it's just testament, testament to how good of a player they are. Um, and he, he wins five to two. Uh, obviously Lex would have won there. Uh, interviews say if Kim had taken him, but she takes Ethan. He has some great moments in this game. Um, obviously going 
on that famous reward with the goat, um, playing soccer with some kids. He's, he seems like a great human being. I've never met him. He, he's is from Massachusetts, but I've never had the pleasure of meeting him. Uh, I hope I do someday. Uh, cause he seems like a, a really a great person. Um, he has, of course, his, his charity. He was on amazing race. Um, I can't say uh, everybody loves Ethan. I think when my mom, when my mother found out that Ethan was coming back, she just screamed for joy. He was one of her favorites way back in 2002. And uh, I can see why, of course, he's an audience favorite, but also a player's favorite. Everybody liked him. Everybody wanted to work with him. And this is an era of the game where um, that was pretty rare. Uh, a lot of the times kind of the reality TV conflict came out, especially Australian Outback. I talked about the Jerry and Tina with the Fiona Apple thing, which is kind of funny. But yeah, even old school winner. Just a solid, solid game. Very close to a perfect game. Only two votes off. And he would have, of course, been the first. Um, and the first winner to not win by one vote. Um, so he kind of separated himself from the pack in that way. And actually, I think the next three or the next two also uh, only won by one vote. Actually, I have to check on Vesepia's winning how, how she won by. I think hers was also four to three. Yeah, so I, if I'm not mistaken, she he was the only one that was not four to three in the first five seasons, um, which is which is pretty uh, pretty notable. People voted, I think, more with their hearts at, at that point. So, um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about his winners at War Game. He did get voted. At, oh, I'm sorry. Of course, he was on All Stars too. Uh, whoops. Uh, he was part of the target of the anti-winner sentiment. I believe he was the last winner alive. When ultimately the Lex and Kathy, uh, there was that heartbreaking scene where him and Lex were in the woods and Lex basically says, Hey buddy, like, I'm sorry, I'm keeping Jerry. Um, and it, it was one of those things where it was so interesting that he agonized over voting his friend out for strategy, right. And keeping Jerry and then voted Jerry out for a different friend then was betrayed by that friend. Um, a lot of people do point that out when they talk about Lex and that famous all-stars move, um, where he was so mad at Boston Rob and even Boston Rob lost the game because of it when he was kind of a hypocrite, but, um, yeah, he was one of the last, he actually was the only winner, I think, to survive multiple tribals. Um, he survived, uh, you know, the Rudy elimination, he survived the Richard elimination, another winner, of course. Um, he survived quite a few tribals, actually. I think maybe he was less threatening than some of the other winners. Um, he didn't want to vote against Tina, I believe, the first time for, for obvious reasons. Um, and uh, his physical game was not too too strong in the season, but not that notable. Um, lastly, winners at war. Again, Africa is the majority of his points here. Um, winners at war, uh, he got... Of course, voted out pretty early on day nine, was on the edge the rest of the time. We had some great scenes with him, and he actually voted incorrectly for the winner, which is interesting. He voted for Natalie. Um, but he was on the edge for a long time, uh, 26 days, and uh, obviously wasn't able to return. But um, it was great to see him again and hear his story. And he never thought he was going to live again, never mind play Survivor. And of course, that doesn't give him any points, but I uh, just wanted to point it out. Great to watch. And uh, so, so nice to have him back on the show. Um, he did get voted out, unfortunately, pretty early uh, as part of that old school package, but uh, it's hard to count that against him, really. Um, I think had it not been for his returns, he probably would have been higher, maybe in like the top 20 even. Um, that one really dominating Africa game, which I think people forget because it was so early on. And although Winners at War doesn't count against him too much, and even All-Stars, um, it, it's not enough to put him super high, but still top 25 is a, is a fantastic finish. Again, one incredible game, two returns that were not easy. The deck was stacked against him, but um, yeah, I'm very happy with, with this placement. Um, I might not have put him here myself, but I'm glad to know that um, the, the cards are, are correct here. All right. Next up coming in at number 24, we're continuing our trend of old school winners. Very old school, uh, very old school grouping here. Uh, everyone on this list uh, appeared before season 15, except two of them. Uh, and one is yet to come, of course. Um, so interesting. Old school and winners kind of in this grouping. I, I mean, I guess it makes sense if you think about the way the game's played now. And you have some of the superstars, you know, the top 10 are going to have played throughout multiple eras, oftentimes. And the bottom ones, you know, they had more opportunity maybe early on in the game, but I don't know. I'm just spitballing, but uh, let's get to it. Uh, it's actually the winner that predates Ethan, and that's Tina Wesson from Australian Outback. We talked about her a little bit. We talked about Jerry, but um, I just wanted to touch on Tina because she had two 
good games. One really good game where she won, and then one game where she was pretty close to having a shot at, at the end. And then uh, we don't talk about All-Stars. She was voted out first. So let's just get All-Stars out of the way. Uh, it was anti-winner sentiment. Uh, she had no no chance. Uh, and her and Ethan were on the bottom, along kind of with Rudy. And that, that tribe was never keeping her for very long. Um, so unfortunately, Tina's All-Stars game was cut very short. She was actually the first one out. But let's talk about her good games, okay? Uh, so let's start with Australian Outback. I talked about it a little bit, but um, her voting record, very solid. Um, she was correct, I believe, every single vote, similar to how Ethan was. Um, which is kind of a, a landmark of, of old school seasons. If you win, your voting record's usually pretty good. Uh, she received no votes against her for the entire time, which in and of itself is very impressive. She only won four to three. So, but again, not too far off from a perfect game, especially early on in the season. Her physical game was not terribly exciting. She didn't manage to win any individual immunities, and her tribe was usually the one that was losing these early tribal uh, tribal immunity challenges. So uh, she does kind of lose points there. Not the strongest physical competitor, and she actually was not. She really wasn't that old in her first season, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, she was like, oh, she was like forty ish. Yeah. Okay. So fair enough. She wasn't the youngest, but um, not like she was on, on blood versus water. And interestingly, that was a better physical performance, um, but her voting record is very good. Her strategy was good. The the flip uh, on Mitchell um, is a really legendary move. And, and part of the reason why they changed the rules so that they can't talk as they're traveling to tribal council, Tina, you know, an icon, a queen, she pioneered that. Um, her kind of, sharp tongued Southern woman, Southern, you know, mom, uh, where she's, even when she's, you know, being kind of rude or like berate, not berating you, but you know, tongue in cheek thing, she still does it with a smile and a twang in her voice. And you're like, Oh, this is a nice lady. So when she tells Jerry that Fiona Apple is difficult to sing, yes, she's being condescending and rude, but everyone's like, yeah, Tina, I think you're right. Of course, you know, America loved Tina. Um, but, uh, Ultimately, she she wins, and, and I think this is what holds her back a little bit. Um, she wins because she got taken when she should not have. Um, Colby even admits he knew it was the wrong choice, um, but Colby takes Tina because he wants to beat the best. He knew for sure that he would beat Keith. Um, in fact, he got three votes. He only needed one more vote and of Jerry, Elizabeth, Alicia, or... Uh, Tina herself. And I have no doubt that he would have gotten at least that he might've even gotten the ball. Um, but Tina gets taken. Uh, Colby makes a huge mistake. Uh, woo level mistake, but he does it for honor and that's who Colby is. So it makes sense. It's still old school. Um, and so that does count against her a little bit. Um, and the fact she only gets four votes, but um, she does return and also has a very strong returning game on Blood vs. Water. So that's what really sets her apart. And despite her win being good, it was not incredible. Um, her tribe, the favorites, won a lot of immunities early on. Um, once again, her voting record spot on, um, except for the time she was voted out or I believe once had an, uh, an idol cancel her vote. She was pretty solid um, in terms of her voting record and, and got all the other ones right. Going out there with her daughter, which is kind of a liability. Um, not that there's anything wrong with Katie, but I don't think she really wanted to be there. There's lots of jokes that Tina essentially dragged her onto the season, um, which I don't think is entirely true. But at the same time, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, Katie was not super strong in strategy or, or challenges. It was the opposite of the Moret and Sierra, Laura Moret and Sierra situation, um, where Tina was really the one that was driving the boat there. Um, she was uh, in the kind of the Aris alliance um and oh she was she was wrong on that rs vote but um which tyson essentially took over the game grabbed some of the loved ones i think i said favorites earlier i just kind of you know it's kind of a fans versus favorite season right a little bit um and so uh tyson essentially pulled in a bunch of the people from the loved ones um like Caleb, Sierra, and Hayden, uh, and was able to dethrone King Aris, and Tina was kind of his second in command after Vetus. So, um, you know, they went one, two, three. 
she goes to Redemption Island where she actually competed against some of these very strong. I mean, Aris is no slouch. I have Aris very high in physical. Uh, I did evaluate him, of course, as a winner for this list. I have him very high in physical competitiveness. Although he lost a lot of challenges to Terry, he was right there. And Terry is, you know, a 98 or something like that. Uh and she won some duels. She came in second in some duels and survived all the way until she returned to day 36, where she beat Laura Moret, who was also a very powerful challenge threat, who was very good at duels um, and was able to return to the game. And uh, had the rock draw panned out differently, had it been Tyson, I don't know if she would have won. But even if it was like Jervis or Monica there um, and she wins, Tyson's knocked down a peg. Maybe she can get in with, uh, I think Katie, Katie was gone at that point, but uh, Katie went because of the rocks. Um, so maybe Katie's still in the game. Maybe she links up with her and Sierra and they go to final three. And like, I think Tina has good win equity there. Um, ultimately, she does survive one tribal as they got rid of, I believe it was Sierra there, who was a, considered a big threat at the time. Uh, and finally, uh, went out on day 38, uh, not able to make final tribal council with Jervis, Monica, and Tyson, who essentially just wrapped up the game, and she voted for him as well. But um, she was probably pretty close. Um, I think a, a tribal of her, Jervis, and Monica is not too far off. T uh, Tyson got seven votes. Um, I don't think Tina gets that many, but I think she gets enough to win. Um, so it's entirely possible that Tina is our second two-time winner. Has that panned out? Just so I, Of course, I love Tyson. I love him as a winner. Um, but I think that there was absolutely a good chance that Tina was our second two-time winner um, right there. And unfortunately, we didn't get Tina on Winners at War. Um, I think she was an alternate or she got called, but they didn't pick her or something, which is strange because at the time there were only 14 female winners and like two of them had said they would never return. Um, so the fact that we didn't get Tina was kind of surprising. Um, but at the same time, I was happy with the cast that we did get. So um, yeah, great player. Uh, got to, you know, the very end twice, uh, almost made it to final tribal again and probably would have won. So that's the reason why Tina is top 25. Absolutely on board with this. I would have put her maybe like two or three slots higher, just below top 20, but Hey, uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. All right, next up. Uh, this is our other non-winner at the list of, of the list. So we finally, oh, I'm sorry. There were three. I, I totally forgot this person didn't win. Uh, obviously, just an absolute giant in the survivor community. Uh, although an idol was never made uh, of his head and put out on an island. Um, and he hasn't played the game since 2004. Um, there is no doubt that Rob Sesternino is one of the most recognizable and important figures in survivor history. Um, obviously his game that he pioneered was so unique at the time, uh, coming off of Thailand where we had the Iceman, uh, just a total Machiavellian, just domination. We got a different side of that game with a kind of a flip-flopping floating strategy to use a term from big brother, not coasting very different floating where he was really, even though he pissed people off on both sides, he presented a good reason to work with him, a good reason to vote someone out. And so Rob Sesternino's first game is one of the most important lessons. I think that survivor players can learn, obviously with a very twist heavy and swap heavy game, it's hard to replicate something like that, even in a post merge when you merge with like 12 people. Um, but at a time where the merge was only, you know, um, nine folks or eight folks uh, really was a, a brilliant strategy. A few people kind of tried to replicate it, but um, it never really panned out. Um, he was the original. And, and although um, the exact strategy can't be matched again, I don't think, um, definitely there are lessons to be learned from it. His all-stars game, I'll just get it out of the way. He didn't have a chance. Um, he was part of the kind of the winner's group. Although his tribe won the first two immunities, um, he was the first victim, really, of, of Rob and Amber's uh, alliance, uh, along with, uh, of course, uh, Alicia and Tom. Uh, he didn't have a prayer. There was no chance that he was making it out of that tribe alive unless they just won every single challenge. He was always going to be a big target. People were terrified of him. And so uh, he, he fell victim there, but uh, obviously the big one um, is the Amazon game. Uh, he's of course a big figure in survivor, you know, running his own podcast network, not just a podcast, but he really has a network. Um, he covers of course, 
Survivor and Big Brother, and I think sometimes does variety things, but his whole network covers like a huge, a vast portion of reality TV. Almost all modern reality TV is covered by Art Rob has a podcast, of course. Um, but that's not that's notable, but it has nothing to do with his score, of course. I uh, just wanted to point it out. Uh, strategically, uh, he is a top dog. Uh, his score was very high, one of the top three or four, I believe, uh, of the whole list that I evaluated. Um, just, just a brilliant floating strategy where he really, everybody thought they were working with him. He had his GOAT. And this was really the first time this kind of goat strategy was used. You can make an argument for Clay, but the fact that Clay got three votes uh, kind of discounts that. Um, but he he had someone who he didn't think was going to get any votes uh, in Matthew, who was very loyal to him, uh, very uh, not adept at the game at all. Um, there was no chance that Matthew was going to get to the end on his own. Um, and really people were <laughs> frightened of him. There was some like creepy montages of him like sharpening a machete. Um, Rob, of course, was very known for cracking uh, one-liners, which today uh, wouldn't go over so well on the Twitter verse. Uh, some of the stuff he said about uh, like women and, and uh, even some of the other members of his trial, like Matthew being a serial killer, probably wouldn't go as well now, but they were funny at the, at the time. Um, and uh, it obviously always done in like a jovial manner. So that's what he is known for. But at the same time, for the hardcore community, his strategy is one that's that's hard to emulate. Um, he effortless, well, not effortlessly, but but just successfully jumped the line between working with two different factions. Um, like he would vote out Dina, uh, but then he would jump with the girls and uh, he would jump and go against uh, Jenna and Heidi and vote out Alex. And then he would go back with them and say, hey, it's time to get out Christy. Christy says she's the swing vote. Then he'd go back and vote out Heidi. And then it, Jenna was amused, so he voted out Butch. And he just like kind of rode the line between this for the entire post-merge, um, which is just a really impressive uh, series of, of events. Um, his Amazon game is a masterclass. And Although he didn't win, um, he they asked at the reunion, so this is well known that he would have won. And even Heidi asked about it, asked the other players, the uh, Jenna and Matthew sitting at Final Tribal, who should be there, and he was the answer. Um, just a just an incredible game, and he just misses out and and can't be Jenna in Final Immunity, and unfortunately loses. Although his physical game wasn't too bad. He won an individual immunity. Um, his tribe was really not too bad. And um, he wasn't the strongest guy out there, but he did pretty well in puzzles and things like that. He did receive four votes uh, total, uh, two and then one before he was voted out. Heidi and Jenna were mad and voted for him, even though, uh, sorry, Heidi, you're going home. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Jenna voted for him to go home uh, at the final three. Shame that he didn't win, but I think it's it's a lesson that these kind of fallen angels are oftentimes the best players, the people who just can't quite make final tribal. Um, obviously, he belongs here. Uh, no question about it. This is the right spot for Rob. Uh, happy to happy to see him here, even though he did not win. All right, continuing the winner trend here, uh, coming in at number twenty two is another old school winner from the same era. Uh, this is very, very common for this, for this group, of course. And that's going to be Vesepia Towery from Survivor Marquesas. Um, one of the, just two, two big things that she's notable for. Um, in the middle of a reward challenge, she pointed to, she pointed out to essentially who was five and six in an alliance that they were five and six and gave them an opportunity to become at least fourth and fifth, if not higher. And they took it. This had never happened before. Um, it had always been, hey, my tribe came in with numbers. We're going to vote you out unless you win immunity. Or, hey, uh, we formed kind of a group in the merge, and we're going to vote out this other group. Never was there a complete capsition of the game. I don't think that's a word, but but we're going to roll with it. Where the Rotu 4 just got destroyed and and John Carroll, cocky John Carroll thought I have this game wrapped up and Giuseppe said, "Nope. Uh that is not happening." Um although she did she only got two votes against her the entire time. Um this was kind of like a revenge vote after the the 3 uh, this was the third of the uh, of the four to go. She did win two individual immunities as well and won in a four to three vote. Um, the second big move that she's attributed with is that her luxury item was actually a notebook. She was using it to write down 
some individual facts that she was told about her tribe mates and she would study it during the day. Uh, people don't often think about this on survivor, but, uh, when you're done gathering firewood and fishing and strategizing and going to the water, well, there's not a whole lot to do. You kind of sit around, you save your energy. Um, and what she did was she studied, she wrote things down and she used that knowledge in the, what she knew to be a trivia challenge at the final four immunity, which she won. Um, and that was of course, when they went to rocks for the first time and Pascal drew the wrong rock and went home, um, which really won her the game because um, the next tribal, um, you know, Kathy, who was her biggest win equity threat at that point was the one that went home. Just a really great game uh, overall. Um, and, but, but a lot of the stuff that she did was very old school. And although not, Interesting now, you know, flipping two people on the bottom of six to your group of three so that you make a five is not all that interesting today, but at the time it was groundbreaking. And obviously the luxury items, uh, it's not as relevant anymore. And I don't think you're allowed to bring a notebook. Uh, I guess you could write in the Bible, but that's taboo. And the trivia thing is no longer part of the game. So these things were very, very much a relic of the era and of the season. Her voting record was okay. Um, she voted uh, incorrectly like two or three times, but for the most part, was pretty pretty spot on. Um, just a solid game, a good winning game, especially in the old school, and definitely a pioneer. And uh, I firmly believe that she belongs here. Her her challenge game as well was was good. Um, so she won one immunity plus the one where she earned because of her studying and her luxury item uh, trickery. So a uh, very good game from Vesepia. Happy to see her here. She absolutely uh, deserves this spot at, at number 22. All right. And last up, we have one more winner who's just outside the top 20, just doesn't crack it. And I was really hoping I knew this person from what I know was going to be on the border on the edge. No, it's, they're not from Edge of Extinction. Uh, that's not a hint. Uh, they did go to Edge of Extinction, though, on Winners at War. Um, and I'm talking about the well-rounded Sophie Clark from Survivor South Pacific fame, the winner of Survivor South Pacific, the coach slayer, if you will, and obviously also went on to compete on Winners at War. Um, so let's talk about Sophie. Uh, controversial. Uh you know, definitely not the people's winner, I guess, I think, or definitely not Jeff's winner. He certainly wanted coach. Um, but Sophie, uh, again, was kind of a line rider um, in a different sense, of course, where she just was able to get into this Upolu alliance based on things that she didn't believe in, but she kind of convinced them that she did. Um she did vote incorrectly a handful of times. She voted against Stacy. She voted against Edna and the pre-merge. So pre-merge, not great, but post-merge was a lot better. She actually won three individual immunities, including the crucial clutch one that secured her the win, um, where otherwise it would have been a more contentious tribal council with Ozzy there at final tribal. Um, one of the best final tribal performances I think we've ever had. Um, she gets definitely major props for that um, to run, really run circles around coach. She was staying quiet through a lot of the game, you know, underplaying her intelligence, underplaying her physical ability. Um, she kind of lost it, uh, lost that sense when she's screaming at Albert about the puzzle pieces. Albert, pick up, pick up my stack. Um, drop your stack, drop your stack. Um, but for most of the game, she was definitely very much like, hey, like I'm the 20 three-year-old student. I just graduated. You don't need to worry about me. She gets in good with this solid group, including coach. Um, and, uh, is able to, to pull out the win in a difficult circumstance. I think that South Pacific actually had a pretty high standard of, of players. Um, even though they kind of made Savai look dumb, I, I don't think that they were. I think that especially like Jim and Keith and Whitney were better players than we give them credit for a lot of the time. Uh, she does get a couple of votes against her down the stretch from uh, Brandon and Albert when they voted out Brandon um, and then Ozzy and Rick at the Rick tribal when Rick, of course, gets betrayed by the family. And again, won that crucial immunity and and managed to get six votes to win six to three to zero uh, over coach and Albert, respectively. Uh, I know it's not that she's not the most popular winner, especially the circumstances, but um there's no denying how strong her South Pacific game was uh, very difficult circumstance, having a returning player just chucked on your tribe. And, and at that, a really polarizing one. Um, but she recognized the power of coach and was able to kind of glom onto him in a smart way. Um, 
And she was able to prove through final tribal that, Hey, like this was my game. I took coach with me. Coach didn't take me. She was not going to have a Natalie Tenerelli situation. She knew what she wanted to do, and she she did it successfully. This is, of course, a game where Ozzy, the greatest challenge beast in history, comes back twice from Redemption Island, and she managed to beat him at Final Four. I mean, got to give her props for that. Great physical game, good social game, great strategic game. There's no denying just an incredible, well-rounded win um, that she she deserves, and that alone would probably get her a spot on this list. Um, her winners at War game was okay. Uh, her voting record is a little wonky. She was incorrect about Kim does manage to get Rob out of the game, which obviously is always, he's a legend. He's a very threatening and imposing presence, always notable. Um, she gets an idol canceled, uh, a vote canceled when she votes for Denise. Um, she got several votes as well on that Jeremy tribal um, from the kind of the Tony Michelle Jeremy Nick group. Um, she was on the other side of that, um, but she was, Oh, I'm sorry. That's, that's the one where she went home. Whoops. Uh, there was, of course, the, the dice debacle that, that sent everyone into a frenzy. And, and that part of Winners at War was very complex uh, with Tony kind of bouncing back and forth a little. Sarah being like, Tony, what the hell? You voted out my ally with an idol in her pocket. She goes to the edge and isn't able to come back, but does vote for Tony in the end. Um, I think that she was playing a really solid game in Winners at War before her blindside. Uh, had she survived that tribal and held on to the idol. I think it's possible she makes a deep run with Sarah. Um, I think that she kind of replaces Tony in that grouping. Um, and probably instead of like Michelle going further, um, it's someone like maybe Kim, although Kim's quite threatening. Things could have gone a lot differently had that tribal gone differently, but Tony picked his time. Uh, he pulled the trigger uh, against Sarah's wishes, mind you. Um, and she got bested there. And that's why, I mean, this isn't a spoiler. Tony is going to be on this list and he hasn't been yet. So he is obviously higher than Sophie here. Um, she got beaten by an incredible high caliber cast. And again, it's hard to hold it against her. I think she had absolutely win equity at that point and could have, could have dominated the game. Uh, had that gone a little bit differently, even if she played her idol, she still could have gone deep. Um, and I think that it was kind of a shame what happened to, um, what happened to her at that point, but, uh, still a solid game, uh, and, and very happy that, um, that she was able to play again. So that's it for this episode. Um, I'll talk a little bit, I know I've gone on for a while, just briefly mention a couple of the snubs, if you will, the people who I expected to see and didn't, I'm, I've been talking about coach coach is not on this list. Um, uh, very strong players that are entertaining. Like Rick Devins doesn't quite make the list. He wasn't well-rounded enough. He also got voted out. Um, there's a couple of winners that, you know, maybe could have been borderline uh, Amber Fabio uh, that, that I wasn't able to include because the numbers didn't match up. There were a few people who were close in terms of the overall rankings. I'm Andrea uh, who went, made several deep runs in the game, um, but just couldn't quite match up and is in kind of the mid fifties there. Um, a lot of players missing from this list, but, but we're getting to the end here and the top 20 is really the absolute best of the best as much as the top 10 will be. Um, if you've made the top 20, man, impressive. So just a little preview. Uh, we got some more winners, of course, but some runner-ups as well. Um, we've got we've actually got someone who did not who's never made a final tribal in next week. Um, but of course, a lot of winners. And then the top the top ten I already said a little bit earlier, but we have a few non-winners there as well. But this is really the cream of the crop. You have to have played just spectacular survivor games to, to be in this category. And of course, everyone on the first three episodes is as well. But this is just a, another level. And so I'm excited to talk about these folks next week. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks so much for listening. Uh, please feel free if you enjoy the podcast. Subscribe just to support us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Twists and Torches. Send me any questions you have if you'd like about uh, the way I, I scored this or if you have any opinions or thoughts. I'm happy to hear them. Uh, they're probably wrong if you disagree with me because this is, of course, the subject of reality. Uh, the object of reality. Uh, it's been a long podcast, um, but also, uh, you know, feel free to share with a friend as well. If you have a survivor fan or budding survivor fan who's looking to get into it, share some of the episodes and maybe they'll enjoy it as much as you do. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone. And have a good one.